Good evening. It is 7.07 here on this Wednesday evening. Uh, Ryan Bonner with you, as is Lior Samfiru, the employment lawyer with Samfiru to Markin, the law firm in Toronto, operating in Ottawa as well, and uh, even on the West Coast, uh, Vancouver. So uh, we're here to help you figure out What's going What's going on with your job if you just lost your job? How much severance are you owed? Maybe you weren't offered any severance at all. Is that right? This is your chance to call in live to the radio station and have your questions answered, your employment questions. And the number to call is 416-870-6400. Long distance is one 225 talk That's 225-8255. And Lior Sanfiro can answer any questions you have about severance, wrongful dismissal, constructive dismissal, harassment at work. Uh, independent contractor, are you one? It's likely, you know, the chances are that you are not one and you are actually an employee. Duty to accommodate, we'll cover it all off this evening. And you can call Lior anytime, 1-855-821-5900 or email help at employmenthour.com. And we'll also discuss the severancepaycalculator.com. That's severancepaycalculator.com. A very important tool, is that correct, Lior? Ryan, absolutely. It's an extremely important tool. We're going to refer to it today, and, and it's a way for people to make sure that they don't get taken for a ride and that they get what they're owed if they lost their job. And, and you know, it's great to, to be here, uh, Ryan, and talk about employment law. Hopefully, we can uh, help educate uh, our listeners today with some uh, interesting, uh, interesting thoughts. Uh, yeah, and we always start off the – there's tons of interesting thoughts for us to get to. We'll look at the worst times for an employer to terminate employment, uh, help people out with hiring new employees, and get to some emails as well, and phone calls, of course, first and foremost. But we always start each and every show off, Lior, with the week that was. Ryan, absolutely. We're going to talk uh, about a few th- things that I came across my desk, but give us a call if you're listening to us right now. In, in helping you and answering your question, you'll be, a, you'll be helping others because others may have the same issues, the same questions or problems that you're facing. So do them a favor and, and call in and let's, uh, let's solve some problems today on the Employment Hour. But uh, let's talk about the week that was, a couple of situations that came across my desk over the past few days. First matter I'll tell you about, uh, uh, Ryan, involved a uh, gentleman who was let go for cause after spending, I guess, a bit too much time on his computer uh, at work, on the Internet, uh, while at work. Now, in fairness, uh, his employer did have a policy, a written policy, saying that you can't uh, use the Internet for personal use during working hours, and he did spend too much time at work. That was, that was absolutely true. But here's the thing. He had been doing it as, as were his colleagues for a long time. No one had ever told him, don't do it. No one ever told him to stop. So, yeah, people would spend some time on the Internet, you know, maybe uh, looking up the news on, uh, or booking their next uh, hotel stay, whatever maybe it is. Maybe Facebook. Facebook, there's this new thing called Facebook. <laughs> Apparently. So, yes. Uh, so, so, so they were doing all these things, not, again, not nothing excessive, but certainly during working hours. Well, one uh, morning uh, a few weeks ago, this particular uh, person had his boss come to him and say, well, you've been spending too much time on the Internet. We have a policy. You know about this policy. Unacceptable, so we're letting you go for cause. Now, this person worked there for four years, never had an issue. That's when he called me. And what I told him is this. If your employer is allowing you, quote, unquote, to get away with uh, a behavior that it shouldn't allow you to get away, well, then they've condoned that behavior. They can't then just wake up one day and say, now we don't like it anymore. Now we're going to punish you for it. So if they let you do it, there's almost an implied term that it's okay, that it's acceptable. So what this company did, it's, it's really changed the rules. 
what they should have done is provide them a warning saying from now on, we're going to take this seriously. From now on, we're not going to allow people to just spend time on the computer or on Facebook or what have you. Uh, because they jumped the gun and they went straight to a termination, that is a wrongful dismissal. So they owe him full severance, right about six months' pay. And the reason why that is is because they condone the behavior. So I want our listeners to understand that you may have done something wrong, but if your employer in the past was fine with it, maybe they looked the other way, they didn't care too much, they can't just one day decide that now it's a big deal. And remember the rule, it's always difficult to terminate employment for cause, always, always. So if you're let go for cause without severance, you really have to give me a call. Ryan, that's a rule that applies to everyone. And that number to call would be 1-855-821-5900. Or if you're a little shy on the phones, it's help at employmenthour.com. We'll get you to Lior as well. And we are taking your calls live here this evening, 416-870-6400. Now, going back uh, to that point, Lior, and about discipline and, ter- and terminating somebody for cause, I'm sure you deal with this every day. Uh, people who are fired, maybe they were late for work once or they did something, you know, maybe they shouldn't have nothing illegal, but um, that uh, they shouldn't have done and they're fired immediately. Uh, I'm guessing that doesn't necessarily constitute a for, for cause termination. You're absolutely right, Ryan. It doesn't. The question is not whether someone did something wrong. The question is whether the whatever it is that the person did was so bad to rise to the level of cause. In most situations, the employer pulls the trigger on a termination for cause before it should. So if you're late today, yeah, that's not a good thing. You shouldn't be late. But does that mean that you're deserving of the worst punishment, the worst penalty? Well, absolutely not. So, yes, in many cases, uh, if your employer lets you go for cause, that's not really legal. That's not cause, and you're owed full severance. All right. We have some calls. Get in and get yours in before the lineup grows long. And before we jump to some calls, Lior, uh, let's take a look at severance pay calculation. Calculator.com. I'm sure, you know, we're just talking about employers pulling the trigger a little too quickly. I'm sure this uh, this uh, website is the bane of many employers' existence here because they may think they owe employees a certain amount of money. If if they do let them go without cause, they may say, I only owe, owe you a week uh, per year of service. Uh, the severance pay calculator will determine uh, otherwise. Well, I actually wanted to share an email that I got uh, earlier sure. today. You and I had a brief chat about it before we went on air. Uh, it was an email from someone that used the calculator, and he says that he wanted to give me the heads up that uh, the calculator had an error. Uh, he had used the calculator to calculate the severance for a technical resource in their 30s that was making $100,000 and that had worked there for less than a year. And the calculator told him that this person is owed two months severance. And this person says, well, I, I, there's no way. I doubt that that person like that would get as much as Your two, thing's uh, wrong, you two know. months severance. Yeah. It's, it's wrong. There's a bug in the system. Well, so after reviewing it, you know what? He's, he's right. It's not, it's not the right number two months. The right number is probably about three months oh. pay is what someone would actually owe. You know, the severance calculator assesses entitlements and provides as accurate an assessment as possible. But the right amount that the person, you know, working, working with a good salary for uh, a year, you know, uh, in their 30s gets is probably about three months' pay. So the severance calculator is not wrong. The severance calculator provides assessments based on what the law says. And uh, people assume, as this person did, well, you know, if someone worked for a year, they'd probably get a week's pay, maybe two weeks' pay, three weeks' pay if they're really lucky. Uh, but no, guess what? Uh, it's not that case. That's why the severance calculator is so important. That's why you have to understand your rights. Go to severancepaycalculator.com if you lost your job, if you're worried about losing your job, maybe you've, you've heard rumors that the company's making changes, 
you need to know how much you're owed. If this person believes there's a bug in the system, they'll accept two weeks' pay when they are owed three months' pay. Don't let that happen to you. Now that you've heard the show, now that you know what we're talking about, severancepaycalculator.com. And you can check that out, of course. Do so before you sign any uh, any severance offer from an employer. And, and as a reminder, you'll mention this all the time, Lior, is there are no deadlines on these severance offers. There's no three-day deadline. They don't, you know, <laughs> that offer doesn't expire by you know, 5 p.m. At the, at the end of the week. You're right. Your legal rights don't expire yeah. Friday at 3 or 5 or whatever it is. You have two years to pursue your rights. So that deadline in your severance offer is a pressure tactic. Nothing more, nothing less. So don't worry about it. You have to make sure you get what you're owed. Call me. Go to the severance calculator. Get proper advice. Don't accept pennies on the dollar and then find out now it's too late to do anything about that. That is the worst thing that can happen. All right. And the number to call is yours, one 855 But we are taking your calls here tonight, 416-870-6400 or one 225 talk And it's time for you to discover your workplace rights. Larry, you're up first. How are you doing this evening? Not too bad. How are you guys doing? Not too bad. What's your question? I've got a couple. Last year was uh, kind of a year for from from hell for me and my family. Um, started off with uh, actually started off the year before I was working for this company. Um, I'm a truck driver by trade, and now this company they force you to you know get your own business number and everything else, and force you to become a subcontractor. You know what I mean? If if you don't do that, you're not employed. Now. The thing is, is shortly into me working there and doing all of that, they pretty much told me, like, listen, either you buy the truck or you don't really have a job. You know, so I ended up buying the truck. And after doing numerous things that I probably shouldn't have done, like hauling overweight loads, um, running over my hours, all that stuff, it got to the point where I was getting, you know, I was getting too many tickets. And I said, you know what, I'm done. Uh, We didn't have a written contract when it came to, you know, me working for them until the truck was paid off or anything like that. So I quit and took my truck with me. Well, two days later, he uh, stole my truck and he had it for three days before the cops got it back. And then the cops didn't press any charges. Now, the truck was damaged when I got it back. And obviously, he broke numerous laws by stealing my truck. He, they, the cops used the uh, reason that because he was the co-signer on the loan at the time and he believed he was entitled to those rights, they don't feel he had any criminal intent. That was the first, uh, first job that you know, I, I, I'm calling about. Like, is there anything I could do about getting the money for the damages and, and all that stuff? Because like, it caused a lot of stress in my family because like, you know, like, I'm, I'm dealing with the cops and they're not doing anything about it. They kept trying to tell me it's a civil matter. Yeah. Everything is well, a civil matter nowadays. Well, if you if you incurred financial losses because of what happened, then yeah, you can take legal action to recoup financial losses. You you're not going to be able to take legal action to recoup the the emotional distress that you've suffered. But if if it's a situation where the the, the truck was damaged, it cost you fifteen thousand dollars to to fix it, so you can show you've lost that kind of money. Then yeah, you can absolutely take legal action. Uh, but ultimately, it's you have to show that those damages have been incurred. All right. Appreciate the phone call there. And for uh, any uh, and all of your employment matters, one 821 5900 to speak to Lior. You can always email help at employmenthour.com. And uh, John in Toronto, what's your question for Lior? Hi, Lior. How are you? I'm doing great, John. Thanks for calling. 
good. Uh, I was uh, working for the one consulting company uh, in Toronto for about maybe two years and a half, making about 100K plus bonuses, the usual employment. And then the company started downsizing, and basically they, they let me go. And at that time, I did not ask for any, actually, they didn't offer anything, any severance package. And I know that I was owed something. I did not pursue it because I wanted to focus on the other things. I know that I have up to two years now, it's almost a year, nine months, something passed. Now, the question is that during that last nine months, while I was focused on the, some personal issues, I was getting EIs from the government. Now, the question is, if I go after them, basically, if I get the counsel or you, and then go after them for the severance package, right? So, do I owe anything back to the government because during the, that last nine months, I got EI from the government? Good question. So, yeah, great question, John. So, so the reality is, yes, some money will have to be paid back to EI, but what that means is if you're still unemployed, that's just going to extend your EI. So, so if you if you now have to pay back nine months of EI, that means that once the severance money that the company is going to have to pay you runs out, and if you're still unemployed, you can still go back on EI and get it for another year. So, so yes, EI is going to want to claw back some money, but at the end of the day, your severance is going to be a lot more than what EI paid you. So, uh, how long did you work there for, John? It's about two years and a half. And uh, how old are you? He's about forty-five. Okay, so someone in your situation, you know, it sounded like it was a well-paying job. Easily, you could get four, five, six months pay uh, from the company. So, yeah, the good news is you still have time. And the good news yeah. is also it's not going to be difficult to resolve this. So give me a yeah. call off air. I'm in the office all week, next week, always. Let's talk about it. Let's make sure you get what you're owed. Uh, yeah, you're owed significant compensation, John. Hey, John, that number to call Lior at is one 821 5900 or the email is simply help at employmenthour.com. Uh, Lior, we'll take a break in a second, but uh, let's get Mike in Toronto in here with this question. Mike, what, uh, what do you have for Lior? Hi, Lior. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I've noticed in the past couple of years I've, I've been jumping around between jobs, uh, but every job requires uh, or has uh, in the employment agreement a clause that stipulates that the employer will only pay the minimum uh, um, required by law of severance in the event of termination. Now, if this is trended to continue, um, you know, in a few years down the road, if we find that any, virtually any job requires this, uh, how would you protect yourself? Well, the, excellent question. And anytime, you know, as a rule, anytime an employment agreement addresses the issue of termination, it's only addressing it to try to limit entitlements. Okay, I, I think I can say that there's there's going to be extremely rare that the employment agreement is going to try to provide you with better termination entitlements than what you would otherwise have. So the reality is that that's something often you can negotiate. Uh, so I always tell individuals that when you're accepting a job offer, you may want to go to your employer and, and say, you know, I'm the right candidate. This is, a, uh, this is a great offer. I can't wait to start. We're going to do very well together. I have some concerns about job security. And you raise that termination clause. Oftentimes, you're able to negotiate that out of the contract or get it revised. Now, if you cannot do that, if it's unsuccessful and your employer says, no, I'm not going to change it, here's the thing. And here's what I want you and our listeners to understand. In many situations, I'm even going to say in most situations, those termination clauses end up being unenforceable because of the way they're drafted. 
Now, some are, some aren't. But in my experience, probably three-quarters of them are not enforceable. So even if you lost your job and you think, oh, crap, I signed the termination clause that limits my entitlements, wait a second, let's not um, jump to any conclusions. Let me see it because there's about a 75% chance that it's not enforceable, that there's things in it that make it unenforceable, which means you still get your full severance. So try to negotiate out of it uh, when you start an employment agreement. If you can't and if you end up signing it and if you lose your, uh, lose your job, let's talk. Let me make sure that it is enforceable or it's not because if it's not enforceable, guess what? You're, you're uh, getting your full severance. And the number to call Lior at to have that employment uh, agreement or contract examined is 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmenthour.com is the email. And you're listening to us right now in the Employment Hour, but you can also watch Lior Samfiro on Employment Hour and 30, Saturdays, 10 a.m. on Global TV. Uh, for more information about that, employmenthourtv.ca. But we're still taking your phone calls here live on Wednesday night at 416-870-6400. Long distance, it's one triple eight two two five. talk We'll be back with more. The worst times for an employer to terminate your employment right here on the Employment Hour on Global News Radio 640 Toronto and Global News Radio 980 CFPL in London. And we're back at it here. Ryan Bonner with you in for John Scholes and employment lawyer Lior Samfiru with Samfiru Tamarkin. The Employment Hour is on radio and Employment Hour and 30 is on Global TV Saturdays at 10 a.m. You can watch uh, Lior. We take this hour-long show and condense it into about 30 minutes. It's great television and a great way for you uh, to discover your workplace rights. Uh, for more information about that, employmenthourtv.ca. Uh, but, of course, we are taking your phone calls live here. Any questions you have about employment law, your job, whether you're hopping into one and maybe you want to ask Lior about that employment contract you have in front of you or you've been terminated, you're not sure if it was for cause or not and if that severance offer is fair or not, this is your chance to ask Lior Sanfiru your questions live. The number to call, 416-870-6400. And uh, we will also get to the worst times for an employer to terminate your employment. But, Lior, we have to discuss, uh, once again, the severance pay calculator and why that uh, website is and app is uh, so important. Well, it's important because by answering three simple questions about your age, your position, and the length of your employment, you're going to find out what's your road. You're going to find out your legal rights. And, and that means that no one's going to be able to, to convince you that, oh, there's this silly rule of a week's pay for every year of service. Uh, and, and the difference, Ryan, the difference between getting your full severance and getting what your employer is actually offering you easily, easily can be tens of thousands of dollars. Wow. Uh, and every single day, uh, Ryan, every single day, people accept uh, pennies on the dollar, not knowing better. And you know when they find out that they actually uh, lost all this money? When they hear our show yeah. and, and they call me and they say, oh, Lior, can you help me? But by then they signed off on that severance offer and I can't help them. Or it's so been uh, three happen. years. It's been three years and that's well without uh, outside of their uh, you know, limits. Exactly. There's a two-year limitation period. So oftentimes people, when they hear the show, they call me, say, it's been three, four, five years, or I've already signed on it on the paper last week. What can I do? And the answer is nothing, unfortunately, can't help you. So that's why the severance calculator is so easy, because if you're walking out of that severance meeting, the termination meeting, don't worry about where you're going to go. You're going to severancepaycalculator.com, takes 15 seconds flat, and you know. And then if you want, there's a green button. You can contact me directly so I can help you get what you're owed. But otherwise, it's anonymous. It's free. No strings attached. 
severancepaycalculator.com. Lior, it must be frustrating because you do, uh, you've do you done these radio shows for years. Now you're doing the television show. You have websites. And there's still so many people out there who aren't aware uh, of their workplace rights. And and what, like 90, 95% of people out there work or have worked in their lives. And and that's the, th- the thing they know least about in their lives is their, is their, their, their rights in the workplace. I'm always amazed by that fact. I'm amazed by it as well. And, and, you know, when I started practicing law about 15 years ago, that was what I, I had a hard time understanding is, wow, there's so many misconceptions. There's so many things that people don't understand about work and their workplace rights. We spend more time at work, Ryan, than we do anything else. We spend more time at work than we do spend with our family or on our hobbies or vacation. So it's an important part of our life and, and our rights are actually quite good. Believe it or not, the law is pretty good in protecting employees. But the law can't help anyone if you don't know what your rights are. That's why we're here. And remember, there's no bad questions. If you want to know if you have a right or if your employer did something and if that's okay, give me a call. Am I going to yell at you? Uh, I'll answer your question, uh, and, and hopefully you can be informed. Well, let's discover your workplace rights right here on the Employment Hour this evening. Uh, the number to call is 416-870-6400. And outside of the show, you can call your 1-855-821-5900 or email them help at employmenthour.com. But, Lior, let's get back to the calls here. Chris, what's your question? Uh, to sum it up, I just want to know, because I've been trying to research, like, what justifies uh constructive dismissal. Now, a little bit of background. Uh, the reason I ask is because I used to work in another place, and uh, my trade is uh, right now maybe at the top of the pyramid. It's very demanding, so I could find jobs anywhere, literally. And uh, I used to do a lot of overtime, like, I mean, anywhere from 16 to 18, and to be as ridiculous as I can, uh, I even did once uh, 36 hours straight. Now, they ended up letting me go at my last place, and they used to be like, oh, yeah, it's okay if you come in the morning late because you work the double shift or whatever. But then they used that very same reason to let me go because, you know, it is capitalism. So these days, uh, employees to me are like myself. I consider myself as a disposable razor, essentially, because at any moment's time, a reason an employer can let me go. But how do I know when I can, uh, you know, use constructive dismissal? Because this kind of scenario is actually happening, I think, again in my new place of work. And I'm three years in. Right. So, so what you're described in your previous company is not actually a constructive dismissal. It was just a regular dismissal because they let you go. A constructive dismissal happens when the company doesn't let you go. But what the company's done instead is they've changed the terms of employment. They've made you work hours that you weren't supposed to work. They reduced your pay or they demoted you or they relocated you. They made a significant change to the terms of employment. So what happens when you're faced with a significant change is you have a choice. And the choice is is this. You can accept the change. So, okay, I'm going to work these extra hours. That's fine. You can make that choice. Or you can say, no, I am not going to accept that. And if you make me employer... I'm going to treat my employment as being constructively dismissed. In other words, I'm going to treat my employment as being terminated, and I'm going to leave and pursue my full severance. So a constructive dismissal happens when there's significant change to the terms of employment happens, and you decide to reject it, not to accept it. That The law treats that as if the company let you go. If the company so, simply says to you, we're letting you go, well, that's a regular uh, dismissal, not a constructive dismissal. So how would I know, like, for example... Like, should I have done, because they're not. The law treats that as if the company let you go. All right. I think think we lost Chris there, Lior. 
was hoping to hear the rest of his question. <laughs> well, I, I think what, what, what he wanted to know is, how do I know if whatever is happening to me rises to the level of constructive dismissal? Because I want to make it clear, it's not every change that is a constructive dismissal. If I tell you today you're going to come in from now on at 8.45 instead of 9 o'clock, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you, that might not make you happy, I understand, but it's probably not a big enough change to be a constructive dismissal. So here's the, the, the only advice I can give about this. If you're facing a change and you don't know if it's significant enough to be constructive dismissal or not, just give me a call. It's as simple as that, and I can uh, ask you some questions and tell you. You don't want to get it wrong. Because if you decide to quit because you think it's a constructive dismissal, and it turns out that it's not a constructive dismissal, then then it's just a regular resignation and you don't get anything. So Mm. if you're facing a a change in the workplace, give me a call. We can talk about whether that's a constructive dismissal. Well, and they can call you, Lior, 1-855-821-5900. Or or Chris, who again, uh, sorry about that, your call disappearing on us. But you can always, uh, Chris, email Lior. It's help at employmenthour.com. But let's get back to some more calls here. We are live taking all of your questions about employment law, your job, and uh, the number to call is 416-870-6400 or long distance. It's one 225 talk David, what's your question for Lior this evening? Hi, guys. My, I'm basically calling for my wife. Uh, my wife's been working for a physiotherapist, a large physiotherapist in um, Oakville for 24 years. And the boss made them sign, well, you, you ultimately it's your decision to sign a contract because she's, they're under contract um, that you have to give six weeks notice before you're quitting because they have to train somebody. But they, there's kind of like almost a catch on the contract that basically says that the boss has to have actually worked six six weeks. But almost almost every time in that six-week period, he always goes for a one-week holiday. So my wife was telling me this, and it sounds like it's almost like, so if you have to quit, like what is it, like a lifetime contract that you can't quit? Like, I don't know. I I hope you're not confused by what I'm telling you, but this, it sounds illegal. Sounds illegal to me. Is is there is there a way that an employer can put a catch like that? No, I understand what you're saying. So here's how that works. If if there's an agreement that she signed that says she has to give six weeks, then she can give six weeks. Doesn't matter if the if the owner is on vacation or not there. As long as she gives six weeks on the calendar whatever that comes to, then then that would have complied with their legal obligations. Now, one thing I want to say is it is also difficult for a company to enforce that against an employee. So, for example, let's say she gives four weeks' notice instead of six weeks. Could the company do something about it? Yeah, maybe, but they would actually have to show that because she only gave four weeks instead of six weeks, they lost money. They would have to show that because of that, they they somehow lost money, and it's going to be very, very difficult to do that. So it's likely that in most cases, a company could not actually even enforce it. But to answer your specific question, as long as she gives six weeks on the calendar, that's really all she has to do. So so if the the employer has people already booked and paid for... um, you know, with insurances like you know the, for the physiotherapy and massage, and they've already paid, and then all of a sudden you cancel out, and they say, "Oh, we had trouble uh, getting another physiotherapist and training and all that stuff, and we're going to try and sue you for the loss of income to our physiotherapist clinic." They, it's hard to do that, right? Well, if they can show that they lost because she didn't give six weeks and they couldn't reschedule it, etc., then I guess they could. But that's very difficult to do. But you know, if she she doesn't want to, if doesn't want any burn any bridges, for example, I would do it properly. I would do it by the book. Give the week's notice that she committed to giving, based on calendar, and and that way she's she doesn't have any liability. 
but then the la- and then the second part of it, you know, there's some employers they are very vindictive. They're mad that you're leaving in that six week period. How, you know, it, it's a very, I say a very toxic atmosphere. Like, you know, some employers, uh, they're mad that, you know, how do you, how do you survive a, a six week? Like, I don't know. You understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no, but the, the rules don't change just because you gave notice. What I mean by that is your employer is not allowed to create a toxic or a poison work environment, whether you give notice or not. So if your employer does that, that could be a constructive dismissal, which may mean you, you can leave and get the company to pay you for the rest of the notice that you gave. So an employer should not do that. And if the employer does that, then you can show that they've now made my life miserable. They're yelling at me. They're abusing me, what have you. That is absolutely going to be a constructive dismissal. So if you, your wife, etc., are in that situation and, and, and she's being mistreated that way, yeah, you absolutely or have to have her give me a call. And your wife can call your 1-855-821-5900 or email them, help at employmenthour.com. And uh, for more information, of course, you can go to employmentlawyer.ca as well. But we're taking your calls here live on the Employment Hour, 416-870-6400. And Robbie, what's your question for Lior Sanfiru? Hey, thanks for taking my call. And um, I'm calling on behalf of my friend. All right. She's been uh, working in a company, and now she has been put on a performance plan. And she was a good employer up until now. And they just want to put on a performance plan just to monitor her performance and everything. Basically, they uh, just want to let her go, I guess. So she's just wondering what are her entitlement and all those things, like what she can do. But she's still working, though. So uh, here's what I'm going to say. First of all, if she disagrees that the performance improvement plan is legitimate or that it's necessary, if she disagrees that her performance is not good, she has to say so, and she has to say so in writing. So I would want her to send an email or give a letter to the company explaining why she feels her performance is fine and why the performance improvement plan is not appropriate. So the worst thing she could do is, if she disagrees with it is to be silent. Silence is the same as saying I agree. So that's number one. Now, if she in, in fact does agree with it, if it's legitimate, ultimately the company can do that. But here's what I, I want you to understand. Just because she's on a performance improvement plan and the company decides that she didn't improve enough does not mean that they can let her go for cause. It's very difficult, extremely difficult to let an employee go for cause because of bad performance. They would really have to show that your friend went out of her way to be a bad employee. It's extremely difficult. So chances are that if they let her go, they would have to pay her full severance. So for now, have her respond, have her put her position in writing. And if they do let her go, whether it's now or later on, Remember, she's going to be owed her severance, so she has to give me a call at that point to make sure that she got everything that she's owed. Hey, Robbie, I just put you on hold there because your phone line's a little crackly, but uh, the number to call would be 1-855-821-5900 or email help at employmenthour.com. And uh, still taking your calls live here at 416-870-6400. It's the Employment Hour on Global News Radio 640 Toronto and Global News Radio 980 CFPL in London. Uh, Dave, uh, what's uh, what's your question for Lior? Hi there. Hey, go Uh ahead. What I was wondering is that this actually happened to me in the past. Uh, I was working for an employer, and uh, we were bought out by a company, and they wanted to close down the location that I was working at. 
and move everybody to a new location. And uh, it was a it was a good distance away from the two like in between the two locations. So I was just wondering, um, does the employer have to compensate their employees for moving to the new location, or is that kind of considered a way of a dismissal as well? So uh, give me a sense how how much would it have impacted your commute to work uh, the new location versus the old one? Uh, quite a bit. It would have been um, I went from about a 20-minute drive to about an hour and 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's massive. So yeah. in a situation like that, uh, Dave, a company is not actually allowed to, to, to require an employee to relocate that far, meaning that if they do that, you can absolutely treat that as a constructive dismissal. Oh, and you okay. can say, no, I'm not going to do that. And, and because I don't have a choice because you move the offices, I'm going to leave and I'm going to make you, my company, pay me my full severance. Now, you may oh, okay. also be able to say to them, tell you what company, I'm not going to treat myself as constructively dismissed. I'm not going to leave as long as you agree to pay me X amount of money more so that I can make up for the gas and time. That's up to you. But ultimately, if you're going to go from a 20-minute commute to an hour and 15-minute commute, mm-hmm. yeah, that is absolutely going to be a constructive dismissal, uh, and, and you can go get your severance. Now, how long ago did this happen, Dave? Oh, this is, we're going back uh, seven years. Yeah, okay. So obviously, as you can appreciate, nothing much that can be done in terms of timing, but there's a lesson there, obviously, for you, for our listeners, that uh, whether it's as a result of a sale of a business or for any other reason, a significant relocation is a constructive dismissal in most cases. And it's not even about how far it is, it's about how it impacts you. Uh, if if it in some situation the relocation may not be too far, but it's still because of traffic or TTC or whatever it is may take mm-hmm. you a long a lot longer to get there, and if that's the case, that absolutely can be a constructive dismissal as well. Okay, perfect. All right, thanks for your call there, Dave. Number to call Lior at is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmenthour dot com, and then the number to call us live here at the radio station is four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. And Lior, we've had quite a few calls about uh, employment contracts, employment agreements, and what's stipulated or written in those agreements. Uh, we've had calls talking about uh, their ESA minimum severance uh, entitlements. Uh, a previous caller talking about they, the fact they have to give six weeks notice to their employer that they're quitting. And I, people think that once things like that are written in these employment agreements, they're ironclad. There's nothing they can do about them. It's it's written there in one sentence quite often. It isn't too uh, full blown in, in terms of details that there's nothing that can be done about it. Correct. Yeah. I, people oftentimes assume that. But, but you know, we have to always understand that uh, employment agreements often are interpreted in, in, to help employees. So, so we always want to ensure enforceability. It's not always a situation that just because something is in the agreement, it's necessarily binding. Now, I want to make it very clear. I don't want anyone to look at their agreement and say, ah, that's probably not binding, so who cares? I'm going to ignore it. <laughs> yeah. That's a horrible idea. But if you're not sure if something is binding or enforceable, Give me a call. Let me look at it, and I can tell you if it is, if you can ignore it or not. So never make that assessment on your own. A very good example may be a non-competition obligation. You may sign a non-competition obligation, and you know what? In most cases, that may not be enforceable. But you still want to be very careful because you could get into a big legal battle with your former employer, so you have to take it seriously. 
But the best advice is if you're faced up with an employment agreement, you don't know what it says, you don't know if it's enforceable or what you should do about it, just give me a call. And if you're faced with termination and you've been given a severance offer, your best tool is severancepaycalculator.com. You can go to that website and it'll actually tell you what you're old. And we're not talking about your Employment Standards Act's minimum. We're talking about your common law, uh, full severance entitlements, two different things, and people just don't realize that. And that's what we're here to help you figure out and, and inform you about on the Employment Hour with Lior Samfever, is you do have some workplace rights that you were not even aware of. And you can call Lior anytime, one 855 5-821-5900 or help at employmenthour.com. Lior, let's uh, get to some quick emails here if we can. Uh, this one is from Ron and it says, my employer let me go a week after I came back from a medical leave. I just found an ad online, oh no, where they have posted for a replacement for me. Can they do this? Well, it's a very good question. Here's the, here's the answer. Uh, generally speaking, you know the rule and we've talked about this, an employer can let you go for pretty much any reason as long as they pay severance. But one exception to that is they can't let you go because you have a medical condition. If they do that, that's illegal. So in this situation, if they let him go and then they turn around and hire someone for his job uh, as soon as he comes back from a medical uh, leave, well, then it kind of looks, doesn't it, like they're firing him because of his medical leave or because he took a medical leave. And that would make it a human rights violation. So in this situation, because it kind of doesn't pass the smell test, uh, not only is he owed severance, that's a given. He may also be owed human rights damages. He may be owed additional compensation. Your employer cannot let you go because of your medical condition. By the same token, they can't let you go because of uh, your ethnicity, because of your age, uh, etc. That would be discrimination. That's illegal. And if you think your employer did that, wow, the the, law is going to come down very hard on them. Give me a call. Let's chat about it. All right. One more email here, Lior. Stan asks, I have not received a pay increase in more than five years. Does my employer have to give me an increase? Great question. And I, I do get questions like that quite often. So here's how that works. Uh, an employer does not have a legal obligation to give pay raises unless the contract of employment specifically gives them that obligation. So if you sign an employment agreement that says we're going to give you a pay raise, the company has. A company, of course, has to pay you at least minimum wage. But if the company is otherwise, quote unquote, cheap, and (laughs) they decide not to give you a pay raise after a year, two years, five years, 10 years, not much that can be done about that. You may decide to look for another job, but there's no way to make the company give you a pay raise in that situation. All right, Lior, as we, uh, the, the last few seconds of the show are dying out here, I do want to mention once more that severancepaycalculator.com, the best way for people to find out if a severance offer they've been handed is fair. Use it before you sign that offer. And uh, you're listening to us right now in the Employment Hour, but you can watch Lior every Saturday morning, 10 a.m. on global television. It's Employment Hour and 30. We'll talk to you again next time, Lior. This is the Employment Hour, Global News Radio 640 Toronto, Global News Radio 980 CFPL.